Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Come on, Bills, 33 but, to 30. But that's still, that's still over. No, that's it's still not. Over. My final question. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. I'm done. <laughs> Duh, I can't add. Damn, I so don't know I whether need... to blame that on New Jersey, on Texas, or on being around me. I, don't I blame know. it on all Regardless. of them. That must have been last year because I sure as hell don't remember it. I did remember that it was time to show up for the PFTPM, which doesn't really exist anymore, although although right. it could be back. I'm not going away that easily right. on PFTPM. I was nudged away from it. There are ongoing discussions that may result eh. in being back, so don't get too comfortable, anybody in the back room. It may be back before we Hey, know. we're comfortable. It's, it's it, don't, it don't exist right now. Away. Sorry, sorry. It doesn't. It's, it's, just, it's just a Chris Sims on button collaboration right now. No PFTPM. Sorry. You haven't. Well, I'm part You're not going to so join PFT the party. is involved we'll in some way, and maybe it should not be Chris Sims unbuttoned at all because I look at last year's numbers. Not that I'm one to look in the rearview mirror. It's all about going forward. However, last year, straight up, against the spread, best bets, suck it, suck it, and suck it. All three. <laughs> not that I care. Not that I'm going to gloat. Not that I care. It's over. It's yeah, over. If yeah, anything, sure. it just gives you motivation for this year. You're going to Tom Brady it. You're going to use that as motivation hopefully, to kick my ass this hopefully. year. Hopefully. And, you know, as usual, you've made this qualification that your picks are ready, even though we don't know if they are like you do before most podcasts. So I'll send I don't them to know. you. Yeah, no, it's all right. We're just going to make you pick some of the games first. We're not going to let you do it all the time. And, like, what are you, like – a special investigator? I mean, we were talking about an over from the Bills game last year. Of course it was from last year. We, we weren't betting on preseason. Come True. on, Captain Obvious. True. What the hell is wrong with you? Let's go. I just I wasn't really paying attention, <laughs> and I heard our voices, and I thought, that hasn't been anything recent. I didn't no, even know hasn't. what the hell it was. You're right. So, I mean, All right, it, screw you. We, we've got, we got eight hours of content every week if they wanted to pull a more recent conversation. I didn't know what they pulled, and now I do. Let's get to it, and we start on Thursday night. Boom. Chris will be in L.A. It's hotter than hell, literally in Los Angeles. Chris will be out there basking in the heat. I will be sitting up here, not here, but over there, same general area for the Football Night in America pregame show. The Bills, everybody's on the Bills as the 2022 eventual champions. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Rams. The Rams are hanging the banner and their home underdogs. They are one of 10 home underdogs this weekend. All right, let's jump right in the pool, Chris. 
52 and a half over under Rams, two and a half point dogs. Who do you like? Give me your reasoning. Give me your score. Yeah, well, it is going to be hot. That that does stink. I will say that. You're lucky you're avoiding that one. And, and, and you know, it, yes, gosh, a damn suit in the hot. I, I can't believe it. I'm really disappointed swamp by that. Swamp ass. But I'm a swamp ass, except it's going to be, you know, on a, a suit with a tie. That, that's horrible. Swamp body. <laughs> Seriously. But, but um, the, the game itself, of course, excited. Really am. I guess there's a part of me again here. I'm going with the Bills to win the football game. I am, and to cover the spread. I'm going to ride that train. The Bills, I only really have one big question about them, and that's Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator. Other than that, I feel pretty good. O-line should be better. Running back should be better. We know they got pretty good receivers and a good tight end. The defense with Von Miller, I think, should be better. It does bother me. Tredavious White is not there. But I think with the O-line being better, that great Rams pass rush, and oh, wait, you got to deal with the one guy who can avoid the pass rush as, any, as good as anybody in the sport in Josh Allen, plus has the size to hang in there and play that style of football. I don't know, Mike. You've heard me all along. I think the Bills are a team on a mission. I do. I think they've only gotten better in this offseason through free agency. The Rams, still damn good, but I don't know if they necessarily got better and then you add in the Stafford elbow thing throughout training camp. They haven't played much in the preseason on either side of the ball, the starters. I feel like the Bills have a little bit of an advantage there. I'm going Bills 30-21 to 21 on the road to open up the season. Yeah, look, I'm concerned about the shift from Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey as yeah. offensive coordinator, in large part because you have been banging that drum for months. So at some point... I'm going to hear the drum beat, and it's going to resonate with me. It's a big question. And look, Chris, people I talk to, there's just a vibe about the Bills this year. Yeah. That just, it feels a little off, okay? Behind the curtain, it feels a little off. We saw how they handled the Matariza situation. Far from ideal. Far from ideal. And I think that the pressure is getting to the coaching staff and or the front office. They have the weight of the world on their shoulders this year. It is a lot to expect. There are a lot of great teams in the AFC. I don't know what they did to deserve this bullseye. They didn't make it to the AFC Championship last year. And yes, you can say they're on a mission, but it's not going to be an easy mission. No. Not with all the not. great teams they have to play. And then that now, now, on top of everything else, they are going to... Los Angeles, on the night when the defending Super Bowl champions are hanging their banner, and somehow the Bills can't even say they expect us to lose that game. They're expected to win that game right out of the gates. I think it's too much for the Bills, and it plays right into the Rams' advantage. Sean McVay has had seven months to come up with a game plan for week one. Well, five months, whatever. However long since the schedule locked in, he's known it's going to be the Bills. He's ready to go. They still have Aaron Donald. They still have Jalen Ramsey. They've added Bobby Wagner. And yes, they've had some losses, but all in all, I think the Rams are still one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Matthew Stafford's elbow could be an issue later in the year. For now, it's fine. That's all that matters is right now. I think the Rams win this game 30-24. to so I'm going over and I'm going Rams straight up and obviously cover since they're the underdogs. 
and you know, people, oh, you hate the Rams. I look, I, 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 I don't make my picks based on who I like or don't like. At times, I get a little bit sick of the Rams act, and I am pissed off that there was no accountability for Aaron Donald after swinging helmets a couple of weeks ago. I think it's shameful, and it sends a horrible message to everyone at every level of the sport. But I also look at the Rams and I say, this night, this game, Rams win. All right. I like it. Yeah, I just couldn't. I can't do it. I don't know. There's a vibe of just the Rams I just can't buy onto right here in week one. And I guess maybe I'm a little swayed by being up in Buffalo, seeing it in person, the way their defense played in every preseason game. And I just look at the rosters, like I said, and I just feel like one team got better and the other team did not. I know they got Bobby Wagner, but no Darius Williams, no Von Miller, Whitworth gone. There's some guys that are great contributors that I guess scare me. And that just that 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 overtook my fear of your Ken Dorsey question, which is very real. There's no doubt, and we're going to see how that goes. Let's pivot to the one o'clock Eastern games on Sunday yeah. and a sneaky storyline that just kind of became obvious to me the other day. Seven years after Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota met in the first game of their careers with the Buccaneers and the Titans as the one and two picks in the draft, they're meeting again week one with different teams, Saints at Falcons, Jameis at Mariota, the Saints are five and a half point favorites post Sean Payton, nobody knows what to make of the Falcons right now with all the changes, Matt Ryan unexpectedly gone, over under 42 and a half who do you like in that one and why? I like the Saints for sure here. Uh, for, for First off, I think the Saints got a really good roster through and through. We questioned Jameis Winston. Will he take the next step? Okay, yep, we got that. You know, after that, I don't look at anything on the roster as a whole and go, oh, man, you know, that, that bothers me there. You know, we know their offense and defensive line are really good. Trevor Penning, I know he can't play, and he's hurt their left tackle, but I don't think they were like, oh, man, he's got to start right away anyways for us to be a good offensive line. And I just think when you couple that together, I think with the Falcons, and I go, wait, Drake London, I mean, it sounds like he's going to play, I think, but he's dealing with a knee issue. There's not a lot of weapons on that offense to be scared of other than Pitts. There's really not. And – I you know offensive line solid. I do feel like they were a team that game planned a little bit more than other teams throughout the preseason to make their offense look a little bit better. So I guess I question the guys who can make plays and be explosive that way. Defensively, I almost feel the same way. I like Dean Pease, but like who who's getting sacks on the quarterback? Who's there to be really worried about at the second level? Other than A.J. Terrell on, on the secondary, who's worth a damn there? I just think the Saints are one of those teams flying under the radar. 27-17, Mike. I think they win this one you know, pretty confidently. I'm not as confident as you are in the Saints long term. I am for week one. Yeah. 24-17 is my pick. I still continue to ask this question. Who is filling the Sean Payton void right. as it relates to constantly grinding and being creative and looking for plays and trying to keep that offense ahead of the curve. It's not just plug and play. It's not just run your system. There are specific plays that are selected very carefully from a wide variety of sources, and he'll draw up plays on the fly. Who's going to do that? Has Pete Carmichael learned how to do that from Sean Payton at some point over the last 15 years, or has he not? And who's going to provide that never-ending red-hot poker to anyone and everyone. He's got that Bill Parcells way to him in kind of a charming way. He can get away with his specific Parcells influence style. Is Dennis Allen going to do that? I don't know. I need to see it. 
but I don't need to see it in week one. I think they're good enough to basically show up and beat the Falcons 24-17. to So we both like the Saints to cover, and you have the over just by a hair. I am just under by about a point and a half. Browns at Panthers. Baker Mayfield, for the second straight year, the Panthers have a top three pick from the 2018 draft starting the first week as their quarterback against the team that picked him. Last year, it was the Jets coming to town to take on Sam Darnold. This year, it's the Browns to take on Baker Mayfield. The Panthers are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home, over under 41-and-a-half. Who you got? Yeah, top one here. I mean, this to me is like the the first coin flip game we kind of got of the group here. I think the thing I, I worry about a little bit is Baker Mayfield and the emotions of this football game. Baker Mayfield traditionally a little bit too aggressive in decision-making, and I just worry about him doing that in this game, trying to prove a point to the Cleveland Browns, and I'm going to make a play and shove it up you-know-what and and show you you guys were wrong to get rid of me. I do worry about that. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I worry about it less in the fact that I think the Panthers are going to be ready to roll here. I think the Panthers match up well with the Browns. First off, the Browns offense, I got questions about it. You know I've never been in love with the overall schematics. We know their run game's going to be good, should be good. But, man, the Panthers can stop the run. They got a lot of big physical dudes on their front seven. I'd have a hard time thinking they're just going to have their way in the run game. All right. Pass game. I question that too. Jacoby Brissett only played in preseason game number three. It wasn't very smooth. Damn. It was like drive five or six before they finally put something together against some backups in that game. So that bothers me. Receivers, marquee guy there. I'm not sure. I don't know if I love the Amari Cooper addition there in Cleveland. Um, so I think between that, I think we're going to have an ugly football game and I'm going to take the fact that I think Baker will play it smart and play it the right way, and I think they'll protect them just well enough to where they're going to win an ugly, ugly football game, 20-17 to 17 Panthers. So you have the Panthers barely covering. I do. You've got the under. I go Carolina 27-21. This is one of those where when I look at the spread, I just say, man, only two and a half? The Panthers are healthy. We know how good they are when they're healthy. Christian McCaffrey, healthy, changes everything. Defense, healthy, changes everything. Mayfield, Pissed off, motivated, focused, healthy. I'm not worried about him being too emotional. I'm not. I I think he's going to be old school Oklahoma grabbing his junk, planting a flag Baker Mayfield with a chip on his shoulder and a boot up the ass of the Cleveland Browns. 27-21, 27-21, and it may be worse than that. I'm I'm careful with my, my score picks early. We never pick blowouts, but we know blowouts happen. Could this be a blowout? It very well could be. The Browns have been through a lot of crap yes, they have. this offseason. And this is, the, this is the worst place for them to start because Mayfield is out to get them, and I think he will. He didn't say, I want to F them up, but he wants – to F them up, and I think he will. And again, I think it could be worse than 27-21. All right, 49ers at the Bears. Trey Lance era begins. Justin Fields, year two. They tore it down in Chicago, but what are they building it up with over under 41 and a half? Do the 49ers take care of business in Chicago and, more importantly, beat the number? I, I do think they take care of business. I do. I think this could be kind of a sneaky, close game, though. I don't look at it, even though I think the 49ers are clearly the better football team. It's week one, like you said. Trey Lance, it's a real question and an issue. 
It's on the road in Chicago. All right. Justin Fields is talented. I think Matt Eberflus and the system he runs, which is kind of that based in that Seattle scheme, that has given Shanahan some issues. It's hard for him to be overly creative game planning and expose that a little bit because they're kind of like, hey, this is what we do. There's only so many ways to beat it, and we know what beats us. So I, I, I could see, you know, again, I think, I, I think Chicago's well coached. That's the one thing that's jumped out to me. So I could see Ibrafus not being tricked by Shanahan trickery, Trey Lance trickery. And then on the other side of the ball where I think the 49ers defense is, is, is phenomenal, you know, again, I think Justin Fields has looked very good. And Montgomery's looked very good. And I guess the other thing I look at, Mike, a little bit is, you know, new offensive coordinator there in, in, in Chicago, Luke Getze, who I look at and go, he's the best offensive mind they've had there in a little while. And he's got a little experience since the 49ers. So I think the 49ers win the game, but I think it's close and the Bears hang around. I'm going 23-17, 49ers on the road here. All right, so you are threading the needle. It's not a, a thin needle. It's a seven-point margin, so you take the Bears to cover. I like the 49ers in this one, 24-14. I've got ultimate faith in your guy, Kyle Shanahan, even though I still don't know what we're going to get from Trey Lance. Right. I just look at the Bears and I say, all due respect, they don't have the horses. They don't have the talent. It was glaring last week. The day after they cut the roster to 53, they made six waiver claims. They added more than 10% of the roster from guys who had been thrown out by other teams. They don't have the talent. They tore it down, but they're not building it up. And I feel bad for Justin Fields. It's going to be one-man band to a certain extent for him on offense. I just don't think against a team like the 49ers, with that defense, with that talent, with that opportunity for Kyle Shanahan to come up with the attacks that we, we see every week, the the, the, the run game that messes you up, and then you unleash Trey Lance as a way to build some confidence in him. I think that uh, the 49ers are going to win relatively easily, 24-14. to 14. Uh, So uh, I have them under, you have them under, 41-and-a-half, tied with the Browns and the Panthers for the lowest over-under of the week. So we don't see a lot of scoring, but I think, I think the 49ers cover, and they get off to a 1-0 start, Chris. Yeah, I'm with you there, Mike. I, I think they're going to win, too. I just I question by how much, and it's, uh, I could see it going either way with, with, with this game for sure. The Bears made Mitchell Trubisky the second overall pick in the draft in a trade-up with the 49ers five years ago. Now it's Trubisky as the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers against Joe Burrow and company as the Bengals hang their banner, sort of. I mean, if the Colts can hang an AFC finalist banner, I'd like to think the Bengals can enjoy the fact that they won the conference, but the Steelers trying to destroy that party. Six-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bengals. What's the world coming to? They're nearly a touchdown favorite over the Pittsburgh Steelers, over under a 44. Chris, my terrible towel's floating around here somewhere. I think you have a feeling where I may be going with this one. Where are you going? Oh, I, I don't worry. I know where I'm going. I'm going with the team that went to the Super Bowl that has Joe Burrow and improved their football team for sure with their offensive line. So I, I'm riding that. I think the Bengals was just a jump-off point last year. I know the Steelers aren't easy. Week one, I know, you know, they are the ultimate backs-against-the-wall type football team. But on the road, with the way that offensive line looked, there's no way I can do it. And as much as I – I just got to see the Steelers. The Steelers' defense wasn't good last year. I mean, it was, it was bad. And it's not like there was any – I know Brian Flores is there, and I'm hopeful that it's going to be better, but I got to see it to believe it first. I, got, I just got to see it to where I can't, I can't get in on it yet. 
I can't. So I'm going Bengals 27-20 in this one. I don't think it's going to take much for the Steelers to be better than they were last year, and they still made it to the playoffs. Ben Roethlisberger was a shell of himself. He couldn't move, and eventually he realized, I have to do what I can do within the limits of what I physically am able to do. So he wasn't trying to be the Big Ben of 10 years earlier and run around and get gobbled up and pulled to the ground. He made it work. They've got a better quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, or Mason Rudolph, frankly, than Ben was last year. They've got Najee Harris entering year two. They've got great receivers. They've got T.J. Watt. They've got a chip on their shoulder. They've got two head coaches in Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores. I believe in the Steelers this year, and this is just classic Steelers stun everyone, just like they did last year, week one in Buffalo, catch the Bengals a little flat-footed, and win the game 23-20, to I like the Steelers on the road. Sorry, Bengals, it's not a slight on you. You drew the Steelers out of the gates. The Steelers, I think, are going to be on a real mission this year because everyone is overlooking them, everyone except me. I I hear you. You're on it hard. You are. I don't know. I can't buy it yet. I got to see a little first. I got got to. I just, uh, like I said, the defense does worry me. I mean, they had moments of being horrible last year. And that scares me against this group in the first week of the year. So we'll, we'll see. But your pasta and meatball scares the death out of me when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's for sure. All right. Eagles at the Lions. Philadelphia is a four-point favorite in Detroit over under of 48.5. The Lions, the darlings of hard knocks. The Eagles, a team that overachieved last year and has higher expectations this year. Do they win? Do they cover in week one at Ford Field? I, the, the Eagles, I do expect to win. I, I do. I, I think the Eagles have one of the best rosters in football. I do think this is a tough matchup, though. I think the Lions match up. The one thing about the Lions is size, physicality on the offensive and defensive line. They will not be mis, like outmatched or mismatched by any team in football, even the teams that have top-notch offensive and defensive lines. So that's where I, I give them a fighting chance here. And I'm looking at this and looking at the spread and going, wait, I have the Eagles winning by four. I have Eagles 24-20. Okay, and, I'm gonna and, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go 23-20. All right, just so I have, so I'm gonna go with the under late field goal. But again, we saw how close the Lions were last year. So many times in winning football games, I do think they're gonna be a better team this year. I just don't think they're going to be quite ready to to beat the Eagles quite yet. And, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts and company kind of pull off some late-game heroics and give the Lions like a heartbreaking loss in week one. Here's what I want to know. Week one, at home, fourth quarter, close game, do they start pounding Billie Jean at, at 10 through the speakers to recreate the moment that we saw in the first episode of Hard Knocks. They, they do that at the right time. It can have a little bit of a renegade effect like it does for the Steelers. And there's been some analytical study that it actually does help the Steelers win games when they use that very strategically. I could see that, and I could see that making a difference for the Lions. I still like the Eagles to win the game 27-20. to 20. I just think they're too good. They're too good. They're too talented. There isn't a sense that the expectations are overly high. This is a chance for them to go out and prove what they have. Colts at Texans. Matt Ryan, first game with a team other than the Falcons, taking on a Texans team that has four wins each of the last two seasons. Eight-point favorites are the Colts. It's the biggest spread of the week, over under 46. I, I mean, we both like the Colts. The question is, 
well, I assume you like the Colts in this one. Do you like the Colts to cover? I do. You know what? I don't like them to cover, though. And, and again, I don't have any like great football knowledge here to look at this and go, oh, this is what really bothers me. Other than that, I just I haven't loved the way the Colts have looked so far in the preseason. And that more more or not on the offensive side of the ball. I think the Texans are a little better than we all want to give them the credit for. Again, I don't expect it to be like any type of playoff conversation or really even flirting with 500, but I think they're going to be a pain in the butt football team. You know, I think Lovey Smith is a pretty good defensive coach. You know, their offensive line's pretty solid. Cooks, the running game with Damian Pierce. I don't know. And then we've just seen Frank Reich and the Colts come up, be like a, a slow starting team the last two years to where. I just feel like it'll be. I have no great football analysis other than I just think the Texans are going to hang around here. But the Colts win 23 20. There have been some accounts coming out of Indianapolis of Matt Ryan really taking charge, getting in guys' faces, being that, that jerk that a quarterback needs sure. to be to, to will a team to a higher level of performance in its hat. You throw in the pressure that clearly is on Frank Reich. The Carson Wentz debacle is on him. I'm surprised. He didn't get fired. I think Chris Ballard talked Jim Ursay away from doing that after that disastrous Week 18 loss at Jacksonville that had a playoff berth riding on it. I think they know they have to come out and put pedal to the metal and win the games that they're supposed to win convincingly. I think the Colts are going to have something ready to go. They didn't use Jonathan Taylor at all in the preseason. This is a guy that is the fantasy football darling and you know, maybe he'll be MVP. I don't think they're going to use him as much as they did last year. They don't want to run this guy out of tread on the tires. They, they And they're going to use Naheem Hines a lot more. But I think they'll be fine week one. I think they win. I think they cover 31-20. to 20. Fascinating game in South Florida. The Patriots on Tuesday travel to Miami to try to reverse a 2-7 and seven trend when they go to play the Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium. The Dolphins are three-point favorites. Your eyes are not deceiving you. The Patriots, not the favorites. The Dolphins, the better team, over under 46-and-a-half. Who do you like, Chris? I, I question the Patriots. I do. I, there's a lot of things I question. We know we have the offensive coordinator issues, sir, sure. The offensive line itself, I just I don't know how good it's going to be, and then they're kind of changing their run scheme a little bit. You know, receiver – I was kind of excited for Tyquan Thornton, Wilkerson, those two guys, the young guys. They go, whoa, they can be big play guys, but they're not going to be available. All right? I, I, so that I question. And then question that and go, oh, great. And it's against a team that has an ex-coaching staff, ex-coach from your coaching staff, so kind of knows the offense a little bit, knows the basic rules, and has like a ton of talent. The defense for Miami is more talented than the offensive side of the, the ball for the New England Patriots. So I just look at that and go, wow, okay, advantage there. And then just overall roster, I just give the, the Dolphins the advantage. I know Bill Belichick, the defense, they'll be ready to go, yes, but you don't know what to expect from Mike McDaniel. And then I just think, really, this is the best offensive minds they've had in Miami. You know, Miami's been a, a team 10-6 and six, two years in a row, or, you know, 10 wins two years in a row, and I look at it and go, wait, the defense only got better, and I think the offense will be as good as it's been. And it fits Tua. And I think they got a stable of running backs. And you had the Tyree Kill thing. I, I, I don't give a sh shit, okay, if they're there five days or six days or five weeks early. I'm picking the Dolphins 24-14. to 14. I don't trust New England. It's the first time in a long time I've gotten into a year going, I don't necessarily like what I've seen from the Patriots. 24-14, Dolphins.
27-20 for me, but the same reasoning, the same idea. I think this whole going to Miami five days early smacks of desperation, not genius. And I hear Bill you there. Belichick has on yeah. multiple occasions said with the questions of who's calling the plays, well, I'm ultimately responsible for everything. That's easy to say when you've won six Super Bowls over 20 years with the Patriots. At some point, though, that, that pile of chips is going to start to shrink. He's playing some of them now. Because he can. Any other coach, we'd be saying, what the hell is wrong with him? He's got a failed former head coach who was a defensive coordinator as his offensive line coach slash maybe play caller. A failed former head coach who was a special teams coordinator, now quarterback's coach, who may be the other play caller. We don't know what the hell's going on. And Bill Belichick's just saying, look, I'm fine. I'm in charge of everything. Right. I don't know that he's got the help around him on the coaching staff. I think this is the weakest coaching staff he's had around him Maybe since he's been there. I don't disagree. And so it's all on him. You. Yeah. Right? It's all on him. And the players aren't demonstrably better. And what did we see the last time we saw the Patriots? They were getting this shit kicked out of them by the Bills. Right. In the wild card, round right. 47 to 17. Wasn't that the final yeah, score? you're right. No. Something obscene like that. Yeah. So I don't know that this team is any better. I think the Dolphins are the better team. The Dolphins may have the better coaching staff. And... And the Dolphins have that intangible working in the favor. The Patriots are so freaked out they went down there five days early. I like the Dolphins 27-20. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike, all the way there. All right, the Baltimore Ravens taking on maybe Joe Flacco, maybe Zach Wilson, definitely the New York Jets. Ravens seven-point favorites on the road, 44-and-a-half over under. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the Ravens. I'm worried about Lamar Jackson's focus. I'm worried about the fact that he's 230. I need to see it a little bit to believe it after – Hollywood Brown basically said, I'm getting the hell out of here. This offense doesn't suit me or anybody who really wants to, you know, catch the football on a regular basis. What do you think in this one? Can the Jets steal one to start the season, or do the Ravens begin to establish some dominance? You've picked them, I think, right to win the division. We did, did that earlier on Tuesday. Yeah. So do they get the one and up? I think so. I do. I just I don't know if the Jets are battle tested enough or just mature enough yet for me to think that they're gonna beat Baltimore in week one. I know they're at home. I like I like the Jets and what they've done with their football team. I think Baltimore, you know, I, I your questions about Lamar are real. I do worry about his weight a little bit. I never like to see that. Does he lose his step or whatever? You know, and then the fact that he hasn't played a ton or at all, and there's that issue and the contract thing certainly con- concerns me. But I, I guess I feel a little bit like he's more of, it's going to be more of like, Wait, the contract thing, it's almost going to play out more like Joe Flacco. I guess that's what I'm looking at when he was with the Ravens, that he's going to make them eat their words and make them wish they had paid him before the season started what they wanted because now he's going to be able to hold their feet over the fire. I just look at the Ravens and go, healthy football team, dominant O-line, great tight ends. I know the receiver thing's a question, certainly, but I don't think it's dependent on their success, you know, I wish their running backs were a little healthier. And then the other thing I do look at is I, I just I think their defense. I think their defense has got size. I think they got pass rushers. I think the secondary is phenomenal. And I think it's only gotten better. And now we're gonna be healthy with Humphrey and Marcus Peters and and you know Marcus Williams at safety with, with the kid from Notre Dame that they drafted in the first round, Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I, I like the Ravens to be a major force in the AFC. I'm going Ravens 28-17 in this one. The Flacco-Zach Wilson thing scares me either way. It scares me either way, no matter who starts in the game. 
I got 27-17, similar analysis, similar thoughts. And look, it's pretty simple. If the Ravens are going to do anything this year, they can't, they can't go to the Jets and lose. This is one that they need to check off as a victory because it's not like there's a ton of easy Ws on the schedule for any team in the AFC this year, especially not the AFC North when they know they've got six of their games against the Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. So I like the Ravens in this one, although I do have questions about how the season is going to go. Last one in the 1 o'clock window, Commanders three-point favorites at home. The first game ever for the Commanders against the Jaguars, their first game out from under the burden of Urban Meyer, 43-and-a-half over under. Who do you like in this one? This one, to me, of all the games we've talked about so far, this one, to me, is the biggest toss-up. I, I, I think it's up there, too. This is the one I looked at of the 1 o'clock games and go, you know, if I'm going to pick an upset, this is the one I felt good about, and I am picking the upset. And I'm looking in the damn sheet and seeing you pick the upset too, which disappoints me. Shit. But, yes, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm hoping it would be one where I gain a gain somewhere early on. I'm going Jacksonville 27-24. One, I just feel like Jacksonville's got a little bit of a positive vibe going on. Like you said, just a new regime. Everything's fresh. Trevor Lawrence's look good. They got a ton of talent on the O-line. I don't think the the Washington defense is that good or dominant that it's going to give the Jaguars O line that's unproven, you know, a test that they can't handle. I don't know. I haven't loved the way Washington's defense looked in the preseason. Offensively, I can kind of say the same thing. Like I feel like, hey, they passed the ball pretty well, and they got some weapons there. I don't know if they're going to be able to protect or run the ball all that well. That's what I question. And then no Brian Robinson. I just feel like this is one where. Yeah, the Jags are going to sneak up on us. And if I'm going to pick an upset, this is the one I like. Jags are very talented, and I feel like they got a positive vibe, and Washington's kind of like not sure what they are, 27-24 Jaguars. Definitely a positive vibe by having a real NFL head coach there this year. Growth that was exhibited last year in Week 18, a meaningless game for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence stepped up, and they beat Carson Wentz. Even though he's in a different uniform, they have to be licking their chops to know they get Carson Wentz again because they took care of him the last time they played, and Wentz was trying to take his team to the playoffs. And there's not going to be anybody there, relatively speaking. I don't imagine a big crowd for the Commanders games. I think this is all set up for the Jaguars to win. The more we talk about it, the less I feel that it's a toss-up. All right, let's take a break. When we return, the late afternoon games, including a potential barn burner between the Chiefs and the Cardinals, and will Aaron Rodgers be hearing that horn repeatedly in Minnesota? We'll be right back. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. All right, we're back. PFTPM, Asterisk, and Chris Sims on Button Joint Megapix podcast. The 4 <laughs> o'clock Eastern games for week one. Let's start with one that, man, what, what, what a game and what a time to get the Cardinals, you know, in the stage of the season when they're actually pretty good. They, they've shown that they peter out. The Chiefs get the Cardinals right out of the gates, 
Four and a half point favorites on the road is Kansas City with a 53 and a half over under. That is the highest over under of the entire week. Chris, what do you think? Can the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill get it done against Kyler Murray and company? Well, you know I'm very bullish on the Chiefs. And, yeah, hey, it's not easy playing the Cardinals in week one. You know what's harder than that, though? Playing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in week one. That would be scary <laughs> to me. That is. Uh, this is this is one where, you know, I'm down on the Cardinals. I'm not sure what to expect of them. I'm not. You know, again, I don't think their offense and what they do is going to catch anybody off guard here in week one. And the fact that they haven't played does bother me. It does. I don't care what you say, especially against a team that's going to be hitting the ground running and played a lot and played really good. And I think I'm better on the defensive side of the ball, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the offense, again, I know Tyree Kill, but I, I just look at it and go, I, I don't care. The, the cast of characters they have at wide receiver catching the ball, I think in a lot of ways can make their offense more effective. Mahomes looks phenomenal. I, I look at the Cardinals and go, they lost some players that I think are some difference makers for them. No DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not ready to sit here and go, oh, Rondell Moore and Marquise Hollywood Brown are going to carry the, the offensive passing game. So because of that, I'm going the Chiefs. And I feel good about it. Like, Chiefs – same score as you, 35-24. Wow. I can't believe you picked that either. Damn, I, 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 we haven't even talked about these games, and we're a little too close or comfort here. I'm, I'm a little sh shocked. Well, this is what happens when you got four shows a week, two hours a day. We talk about the same issues all offseason long. We tend to come to a consensus on what we think about these teams because we hear each other out. Wouldn't it be great if, if that mindset would spread beyond this show and people would listen to each other and hear each other out and maybe – find a consensus do we have a consensus Raiders Chargers maybe we don't the Chargers are three and a half point favorites it's a rematch of that week 18 classic with the Raiders winning the game and getting to the playoffs in overtime I'll go first on this one. cool because even though I have my doubts about the Chargers because I say to quote Roseanne Rosanna Dana a very timely reference it's always something at least for now they're healthy and they're going to be focused and they're going to be motivated I don't know where they're going to go from here but I think they hold serve at home. I always say week one, throw out the results. The only thing you should be concerned about is if you play a division rival at home and you lose to them because you eventually have to go to their place. Good luck winning the division if you get swept by one of the other teams in your division. I think the Chargers pull it off. I think they win the game 34-30. I think it should be a great game, an exciting game, and it's the first piece in what could be an MVP run for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I tend to have a lot of the same feelings that you do. It thinks they have no J.C. Jackson because that would have been nice to see him match up against Devontae Adams. Uh, but I just look at the Chargers, and I, I feel like, one, their team is more talented. Two, you know, it's no coaching changes. Nothing's really changed. They made their team better. Their O-line should be better. We know the receivers are good. You add that with Khalil Mack and Bosa coming off the edge. Derwin James is as healthy as he's been in a while. So I, I just look at that across the board and go, oh, I think that's an advantage Chargers. Raiders, I do think, are going to be in a pain in the butt. And I think their offense and Josh McDaniels and creativity is, is going to be real here. I just don't know if they have enough studs on the defensive side of the ball. And I kind of just think the, the Chargers win a high-scoring shootout type of game. I'm going to go 30-28 to 28 Chargers. So I got the Raiders covering, but the Chargers winning, threading the needle, as they say, Mike. Yeah, I, I'll, go, I'll go the Chargers covering. I've already said 34-30. And, and look, 
by the way, Brandon Staley, as Pete advises, said that J.C. Jackson still could play. Oh, he could play. play. Okay, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. It's it's a tough assignment to draw right out of the gates when you're recovering from an injury to have to deal with Devontae Adams, but he still could play. Let's pivot to the game that was the first game of the season for the Vikings and the Packers two years ago when there were fans in the building. This year, it's Packers at Vikings. Last year on the road, the Packers got splattered by the Saints. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites in Minnesota with an over-under of 48. First game of the Kevin O'Connell regime. Ding-dong, the Zim is dead in Minnesota. First game post-Devontae Adams for the Packers. This one should be fascinating, Chris. I think you have a feeling where I'm going. Where are you going? I I can't go where you're going, okay? I can't. I can't go into purple haze, right, and let that infiltrate my brain like it is yours. I I just – I got to see a few things first. I I do. One, I think the Packers' defense is going to be really damn good, and I know that Vikings' offense is going to be pretty good too. But I guess there's just the questions, I guess, where I look at it and go, I don't know necessarily if I think the Vikings' defense is good enough to even take advantage of a Packers' offense that I got questions about. You know, I, yeah, well, I got questions about the receiving core for the Packers. I do, Definitely. But I don't necessarily look at the Vikings and the secondary and go, well, that group there, they'll shut them out. So that, that, I, that I question. And then, hey, the status of Daniil Hunter, you know, I understand Zedaria Smith is there. That's good. But the Packers' O line is pretty damn good. So I, I kind of am going to pick the Packers' one here where I don't feel tremendously comfortable. It will not be a best bet. I'm going to take them 27-23 in kind of a tough, close football game where I think maybe Rodgers has to make some late-game magic to win it. I got 28-24 the other way. It's a very simple analysis. The Vikings offense was damn good, even with dysfunction galore in the coaching staff, a different offensive coordinator seemingly every year. Mike Zimmer completely disengaged from the offense, focused on a defense that sucked for two straight years. Defense can't be much better. Offense will be better. And this is a team where you get the the stadium full of fans, you, you unleash this new offense with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, who still has plenty of gas in the tank, Dalvin Cook now back in number four like he wore at Florida State. Excitement there. Irv Smith on track to play. Kirk Cousins, who can get it done when he has time to run the play that's called and the walls don't close in on him. I think they can pull it off. I think they can win this game. It should be one of the more exciting games of the weekend, and I think the Vikings get to 1-0. Doesn't mean they're going to win the division. Doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. All it means is they managed to beat a bitter rival on the first Sunday of the season. And I think, Chris, they will pull it off. One more 4 o'clock game. Giants at the Titans. The Titans are five-and-a-half-point favorites, to no surprise. The Giants are in a perpetual state of rebuild. 43-and-a-half over-under. Who do you like? The Titans, obviously. i got to see the Giants. They're another team. It just It's, it's like... I, I like changes that were made. I think the offensive line's better. Dayball certainly an upgrade on the offensive side of the ball. Wink Martindale on the defensive side of the ball. But there's just still lack of Jimmys and Joes to where I'm not going to put them in the Titans category. You know, yes, I know we got some receiver questions with the Tennessee Titans. And I think they're going to be okay. I know Ryan Tannehill had a great camp. Traylon Burke looked better and better as he went on. Don't look at the stats, the preseason football. They got good tight ends. They're off as a line. Hey, we can question it a little bit. I don't know if they're going to be as dominant, but they still got Derrick Henry. It stinks they lost Harold Landry. Because if it was Harold Landry and a Bud Dupree a year away from the ACL, I'd just go, oh, my gosh, and Jeffrey Simmons in the middle, I'd go, watch out. They were one of the best defensive lines in football. 
But I think all in all, I still just have tremendous respect in Mike Vrabel, the Titans' way of football, and that the Giants aren't there yet. I'm going to go 28-19 Tennessee Titans here. I got 27-10 Titans, and one of the reasons I'm going that way, they really stepped in it last year, week one. They had the Cardinals come to town and beat the crap out of them 38-13. I think Mike Vrabel is the kind of guy who learns from that and makes sure his guys are on guard and ready to go. And I'm with you. I don't know what to make of the New York Giants. They are in the middle of a full reset slash rebuild. I just don't think they, they, they have enough. They may eventually, but not yet. All right. We'll take a break. We'll look at the primetime games for week one right after this. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Sunday night football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to Dallas. You know, Chris, Tom Brady has only played once before in the Cowboys home stadium. So it's a level of excitement. We see that from guys. From time to time, they get to play in Jerry world and Tom Brady, who's been around the block many times, seems to actually be excited about the prospect of playing in Dallas. It's a rematch of week one last year, 31, 29. The two teams were the highest scoring franchises in the NFL. First time ever that the two highest scoring teams from one year meet week one the next year. Two point favorites are the Bucks with an over under of 50. Who do you like? I like the Bucks. I do. You know, I, I understand, I, you know, we're going to question that interior part of their offensive line, you know, but it sounds like Tristan Wirfs is going to be back after about the oblique strain. I don't think Dallas's defensive line is good enough to really take advantage of the Bucks' offensive line and the questions we have there. So, I know, that, what was it, Brady there in 2007 where they just went up and down the field on the Cowboys? I, I think they're going to do that again. You know, I like the Cowboys' secondary. I think there's some talent at the corner. But I just look at the Bucks and still go, well, man, they got a lot of weapons. They got a great system. I still think the offensive line is going to be good enough. And then I think of the other thing I look at to where I just look at the Cowboys where I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see Dak Prescott pushing the ball down the field, making a lot of plays there. I think they know they got to be aggressive. But I don't trust their O-line. I don't. Not, not with Tyler Smith, the left tackle, against this group right here. I mean, wow, Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, Shaquille Barrett, you know, Tryon, Trianca, uh, uh, Trianca, yeah, Trianca, I'm the rookie from two years ago. I'm blanking on his name. But you got it. They got some beasts up there. So I'm going to go Bucks 34-30. I think the Bucks are clearly the better team than the Cowboys, but it's week one, and I could see some mistakes made, and Todd Bowles being too aggressive, blitzing and doing things like that where the Cowboys make a few plays, 34-30 bucks. I got 31-28, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think we're going to see focus and determination from Tom Brady trying to prove people wrong. See, that, that, that's, he made the comment in his Let's Go podcast about feeding negative information to the offensive linemen to motivate them. 
my guess is he has soaked up with a sponge everything that people like us have said about his lack of commitment and he wanted to play for the Dolphins and he's getting old and this, that, and the other thing. He's going to be as determined as we've ever seen. I'm not going to say more determined because he's always extremely determined. I think he comes out, takes care of business, 31-28. I think it could be a little bit more than that yeah. for the Buccaneers. Well, I'm trying to make Cowboys fans feel better about only picking them to lose well, by three. It's hard with a week one. You're, you're all right. And the, you know, the Cowboys, they are explosive. You know, Again, that's just where I think Dak Prescott's not really valued quite to the capacity he should. It's, it's the last few years. It's, hey, Dak Prescott, stand in there and throw for 400 every game. And we're not going to throw you, you know, 30, 12, I mean, uh, two-foot passes. They throw the ball down the field. They're aggressive. He does not get enough credit for that. That's where I could see them being a pain in the butt. I do, I do wonder, Mike, to your point, if it's more and if Todd Bowles adjusts from the way he played the Cowboys last year where he blitzed too much and maybe he's this year goes, wait, I'm not going to let them have those chances. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. Well, especially after the last thing we saw from a Todd Bowles defense last year was Getting an all-out blitz right. that got him torched and, right. and had that epic comeback turn into a loss against the L.A. Rams. Monday Night Football, Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson already out of the gates back in Seattle where Geno Smith gets the start, but the quarterback competition continues. The Broncos are six-point favorites on the road, 43-point over-under. Let me go first on this yeah. one. I, I just Look, as much as I believe in Pete Carroll – and I don't know why he was saying yesterday the expectations should still be high. Pete, embrace the fact that the expectations are low. Then if you're 9-8, and eight, it looks like you did a good job. Your coach of the year material, if you say, yeah, we're not going to be very good this year. And I think Russell Wilson will be on a mission, will be determined, and he's got the better team. Yeah, the Broncos are fourth place in the AFC West, but they're still better than the Seahawks right now. I think 28 to 14. I think the Broncos handle this one, creating a false sense that they're ready to really contend in the AFC. I think the, the reality is the Seahawks aren't ready to contend in the NFC. Yeah, it, it's, it's one I have a hard time figuring out this game a little bit. I will not be betting any money, nor would I really recommend anybody. Because I, I, I don't know about the Broncos. I mean, I know things are going in the right direction, but... I mean, we didn't see their offense play. It's a new system for Russell Wilson. You know, I question, I guess, a little bit of, like, I, yeah, the potential at the receiver positions, you know, there's real potential, but I got to see it. You know, the O-line, the running game, I don't know if I'm totally sold on that fact. You know, the defense itself, you've heard me say, I mean, secondary, I like that, but is Bradley Chubb going to start becoming a force? I feel like this is a game, because of Pete Carroll, I'm going to pick them to hang around and be annoying. I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think this could be a, like, a little bit like what you said. We're building up. It's Russell Wilson, and we're expecting all this great stuff, and Seattle's kind of annoying and, and in this one. So I'm going to take Broncos 21-17. Oh, you got the Seahawks I got covering, covering the spread against yep. Russell Wilson. All right, let's ride to break when we return. Go Hawks. Best bets and our, our trademark selection the Folsom Prison Blues pick which we always try to explain and typically butcher we'll give it a try right after this the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, there's the Chris Sims Unbuttoned logo. It's time to see if Chris can get the better of me on the best bets, the three plays. We pick every game against the spread, but we ultimately select three that we would put our money on if we were inclined to do so. I'm not. Chris isn't. We just enjoy the competition. I enjoy it even more when I win. All right, Chris, who's going first? Who's going first on the slot machine here? Well, I'm, See if they I'm, match up. I'm taking – I'm right off the bat. The one I feel most con- – I'm the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs over the Cardinals. So, you know, I, I look at that spread and just go, it's, it's too low for me. You know, I think Kansas City looked great all preseason. I do think they're one of those teams, like I've said with Buffalo, that's a team on a mission, and everybody's forgot about them. And, uh, yeah, I think they match up well with the Cardinals, who I got some questions about. Yeah, Chiefs, first one. You know, that's been my guiding light ever since I've been just kind of having fun picking games. When I look at the spreads, if I see one that says it's too low, that's it. And the Chiefs, four and a half too low. I think the Chiefs win that game at least by a touchdown, maybe more. So the slot machine so far is aligned. What do you got in spot number two? No, in spot number two, I'm afraid you might go here as well with this a little bit. I'm going Baltimore. I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I got the Ravens winning by 11 points, and I could see it being more than that. I, you know, Again, I, I worry about whether it's Flacco or, or Zach Wilson, and just having to deal with the Ravens' defense. That again, I think there's a healthy football team, battle-tested, and I think Lamar Jackson's going to have three rockets up his ass in this one. It's not an easy team to play the first game of the year. Whoa, all the run stuff, all the crazy defenses, all of that. For a young team like the Jets, I just don't see it, so I'm going Ravens. I am not taking the Ravens. Okay, I've got good. the Colts as eight-point favorites over the Houston Texans. I just think there's... There's so much pressure on the Colts in a good way. I think they'll process it well with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan fell out of the sky into their laps when they didn't know what the hell they were going to do at quarterback. I think it all helps turn things around. The the Texans are clearly a work in progress. Lovey Smith was not their first choice at head coach. I don't know that Davis Mills would be their quarterback if they could have gotten maybe Jimmy Garoppolo at a decent number. It's it's a building type of a thing it's going to take a while I think for now the Colts can go in and cover that eight point spread all right last one Chris and your best bets I I mean I I got the Bills over the Rams covering the spread the Saints over the Falcons but I just I feel like they're risky it's just risky and I don't just trust it all the way the one I trust more than other and I can't even believe I'm saying is the Dolphins over the Patriots I do I just think the Dolphins are ready for prime time I don't have a lot of questions about them, and I got a lot of questions about the Patriots for the first time in about 20 years. So that, that, that worries me. They're, they're not as talented. I think the Dolphins are pretty well coached, and with that new offense kind of exploding on the scene, I think it's a disadvantage for the Patriots. I'm going Dolphins. Last one for me, the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield and the Panthers covering that spread against the Browns. Mayfield determined, Mayfield focused, and Mayfield pissed off. Panthers win, Panthers cover. All right, our Folsom Prison Blues pick. The one game, not against the spread, straight up, the one game that we guarantee if we were dying in the gutter, the one game that we would say this team is going to win, who is it? I'm going with the Tennessee Titans over the New York Giants. If you make me pick one, that's the one I'm going with. You know, 
Isn't that weird that neither of us picked them as a best bet? I know. But I was leaning them or Chiefs. Them or Chiefs. Um, I, I, I hate to agree with you in week one, but I want to be right. I think the Titans over the Giants. I, I wasn't comfortable making them a best bet at five and a half. Yeah, right. But I am comfortable saying they're going to win the game, especially because they got splattered last year by the Cardinals at home to start the season. Uh, I'll go Titans. All right, and, cool. Uh, we're, we're in the Folsom it. County together. We're in the Folsom County right. prison together. We're stuck in Folsom prison, and time keeps moving on. We are out of time. We'll do it next week, the Megapicks podcast. Have a great week. Enjoy the first week of games. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.